the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know this should be growing when I be telling the fibs now. You said your trust is getting weaker. Probably because my lies just started getting deeper. And the reason... And I'm on the air. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Welcome to the show. We got a little bit of the Black Eyed Peas talking about getting caught in a lie and trying to make up to his girlfriend. We've got a lot of lying going on now in the country. Oh, my goodness. But I'll get into that later. We are uh, 8.60 a.m., the answer, and you can reach us 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning on the radio in the Tampa Bay area. And if you're outside of our area, we are on the Internet. You can log on to the show either through the radio station's uh, web address, 860amtheanswer.com, or drbillradiomd.com. Click Listen Live, 9 to 10 and 8, 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time. I'm here for you. We're also an iHeart station, so you can key up your smartphone and listen to us as you ride around town or do what you have to do. And we're here for you. And we like it. We like what we do. And we got Joe and Ken in the studio this morning, and everybody's rocking and rolling. Got a great show for you. First thing I got to tell you is a patient of mine, a guy named Arthur Palmer, who was in the hospital until this morning. He uh, came to the office a few days ago and just looked like he was at death's door, a 95-year-old guy. And he's been my patient for, I don't know, 25, 30 years now. He goes back and forth between the Northeast and Florida, snowbird. And he uh, is really at the end of his life at 95 years of age. He's got a lot of problems, and we talked about it yesterday. And he's not really a candidate for surgery or for any intervention because he's so debilitated and because of his age and his heart and a, a number of other problems. And so he said, you know, Doc, I'm grateful. I've, I've had a great life, and I don't have any regrets and I said, well, Art, you know, you're not going to make it much longer. He says, yeah, I know, but I want to do one thing before I go. And I said, what's that? He said, I'm supposed to go to the Bucks game. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game is today for the salute to service game. I said, what are you doing there? He says, I'm the guest of honor at halftime. Well, guess what? Today, November 17th, the Buccaneers have their salute to service game. And uh, this is sponsored by USAA, the insurance and banking company, which I am a, a, a member of or a user of. And the, the NFL and the USAA are co-sponsoring this at the Raymond James studio at halftime. And so the hero of the game is none other than my patient, who I'm proud to say I have taken care of over the years, Seaman First Class Arthur Palmer, World War II vet, World War II my kids don't even know what that is. Prior to the kickoff, the Bucks will continue a game day tradition by honoring the team's military hero of the game. I guess it's a, before the game. I didn't know if it was before or during, but at any rate. So they're sending a limo to pick him up, and his son is going with him and his wife. And I said, Art, if you make it out there and you get through it and you come back, if you want to die, I've got a pistol I'll lend you. And he said, Doc, 
just let me go to the game. And when I come back to the hospital, I don't care what happens. So uh, my hat is off to him. He served in World War II from 1943 to 45. He was a seaman first class, and he was deployed in Africa, Italy, and the Philippines. He worked as a signal, signal man for flags and an ammunition passer. He was awarded five battle stars and on multiple occasions swam out into the ocean to help wounded warriors. So let's give him a big hand, everybody, and he is just a great guy and... We're going to lose uh, a wonderful human being in the near future because I don't think Art's going to make it much longer. But today, he's going to be recognized as a great hero. And on that, I'm going to jump to President Trump, who uh, pardoned a couple of people, actually three people. He granted clemency to two Army officers accused of war crimes and a Navy SEAL, Eddie Gallagher. Now, Eddie Gallagher has gotten the most press uh, because of the confession by one of his accusers that it was really the guy who was accusing Eddie Gallagher of committing these crimes, of uh, apparently or supposedly executing uh, Islamic State fighters. And uh, it sounds to me like it was more mercy killing than anything. But it was not Gallagher. It was the guy that was accusing him who— during the trial said, you know, I lied. Uh, he didn't do this. This was done by me. Well, he was convicted of one, uh, one charge, which was that he had taken a picture of himself with a dead corpse. And I guess somebody had posted it. And, you know, I, I don't know that this is all that unusual in the, in the, uh, field of battle that, that soldiers will stop and, 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 take souvenirs and get pictures of themselves with, with captured enemy or dead soldiers. And, and remember, in the United States in the 19th and uh, early 20th century, it was not uncommon for uh, criminals and outlaws and gangsters who had been killed to be propped up in front of the mortuary in their caskets with their arms folded across their chests, and then the official photographer would come and take a picture of them, and it would be shown all over the nation. So... I think that uh, we've probably gone a little bit too far on the political correctness end of it. But at any rate, uh, he's a, this guy was a decorated Green Beret or a decorated uh, Navy SEAL. And uh, we also had a couple of Green Berets who were in prison for supposedly killing uh, uh, people uh, that they were actually acting in what they thought was their own self-defense and best interest, that they were killing fighters who they thought were going to attack them or killing somebody who was trying to escape who they thought was a bomber and that, or they knew that it was a, a bomber and would go out and kill more Americans. So the rules of engagement under Obama and recent presidents have changed considerably. And uh, apparently now it's, it's wrong to shoot somebody unless they're shooting at you first. Well, wait a minute. I mean, this is war, guys. You don't wait for somebody to shoot at you. If you see that they're an enemy, a combatant, and that they're coming after you, or you know that they're going to be coming after you, then you better get your gun out and shoot. And to heck with uh, what happens later on. Self-preservation, as you know, is the first law. And without that, the rest of the day is pretty well shot. So these three guys are now pardoned officially. Oh, the left is going to melt down over this because they don't even want us to go to war. 
And if we do go to war, they want the other side to win because we're evil and bad and, and we're pro-Israel and we're uh, anti-Islamic fundamentalism. And actually, we're anti almost every kind of fundamentalism except the basic morals and values that, that we hold dear, the Ten Commandments and uh, the, the idea that we promote peace and love and goodwill between people but at the same time have the right to defend ourselves. So my hat is off to President Trump, and I, I hear a lot of criticism of him. Even in the lunchroom, some of the guys are saying, you know, he should shut his mouth, and he's not doing himself any favors, and he's going too far, and who cares what happened with the Bidens? That We all know they're scumbags, and, and what are you going to do? Are you going to retrieve the money that they stole? Probably not. No, I doubt you will. But uh, I do think that it's a, a, a refreshing break and a breath of fresh air that we have a president who is willing to stand up and out these people who have been taking advantage of our system for so many decades. And, you know, they're just scumbags. We know that. We've known it for a long time, as I've said about the Clintons since the 90s. The cream and the scum rise to the top, and the Clintons are the classic scum. And they sure have risen to the top, haven't they? Although their star's a little tarnished. And now we've got these impeachment hearings going on. And uh, we've got Marie Yovanovitch. Well, who is she? She's the uh, now uh, dethroned ambassador to the Ukraine. Uh, she's the daughter of immigrants from Russia and Germany. And the story is, although you can't find the whole story, you just find what the press wants you to see is that her parents escaped Soviet Russia and then Nazi Germany. And Yovanovitch is not a, a, a Jewish name, so I don't know what they were escaping from. Uh, maybe the name Yovanovitch in Germany after they got out of Russia was uh, a little bit too Slavic for the, for the Nazis, and they thought they better get out of there too. And that may be. And I don't know what religion she was raised, but I'm guessing, because you can't find this information, uh, she just won't release it. Uh, but I'm guessing with that kind of name, she's probably uh, Eastern Orthodox Christian, Coptic Christian, you know, the Greek rite. And uh, so now we've got the, not only do we have the Roman Catholic side of the family, now we've got the Greek Catholic side of the family, the Eastern Orthodox side of the Catholic family involved in this uh Hatred, by the way, you're not supposed to hate, you know, if you're a, a Christian, you're supposed to love everybody or at least not be mean and say bad things about them. But at any rate, so she's now in cahoots with the Jewish side of the family and the Roman Catholic side of the family. And uh, my friend Al, who is Jewish, he he doesn't care for the pope and for for the uh, the the crimes that Rome has perpetrated upon Jews over the millennia. And I don't blame him for that, but I, I think that we have to separate the politics of religion from the basic tenets and teachings of uh, people like Jesus and, and Buddha. So at any rate, we've got this woman who is now testifying, and she is just damning Trump uh, in one sentence after another, although she doesn't have any direct knowledge of anything, and she denies any wrongdoing herself. And she says all of her colleagues in her department will back her up. What do you think? You think they're going to hang together? And she's accusing the president of 
gutting the uh, the State Department and destroying it. <clears throat> but she doesn't say anything negative about him. She denies that she ever said anything negative about the president while she was the ambassador to the Ukraine. But now that she's on the stand, uh, she's saying everything she can negative about the president and about his actions or inactions and and his policies, which she abhors. I guess she does. She got canned. Well, you know, when you get canned, you kind of get mad at the person, at the boss who canned you. And uh, so now she has institutionalized this and taken it public and taken it under oath to the House committee that is impeaching the president. Here's the deal. From 2008 to 11, she was Bush's and Obama's ambassador to Armenia. By the way, this was challenged. Her ambassadorship was challenged by none other than Barack Obama because she did not want to uh, openly admit to the Armenian genocide that occurred under the uh, Ottoman Turks in the 1915 to 1923 era in which 1.5 million Armenians were killed by the Turks. And you say, well, that's a long time ago. Well, the Armenian-Americans and a lot of the Armenian community hasn't forgotten that, by the way. And they weren't happy that she was being made ambassador to Armenia and would refuse to uh, acknowledge the genocide because somebody told her to play it down. I don't know if it was Bush or who, uh, but they were trying to make nice with the Turks as Trump and uh, Putin and everybody else is because the Turks are sitting right there. Uh, they're, the, uh, they're the cork and the bottleneck between Europe and the Middle East, and they're an important ally, as I've said before, and the only way we're going to solve the Middle East situation is to work with the Turks. Like it or not, you're going to have to hold your nose and do it. And so she finally got the ambassadorship, and uh, here's what Senator Robert Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey at that time, said. It is a shame that career Foreign Service officers have to be brought before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and find difficulty in acknowledging historical facts and find difficulty in acknowledging the reality of what has been internationally recognized. And it is amazing to me that we can talk about millions, a million, a million and a half human beings who were slaughtered, that is, the Armenians, by the uh, Ottoman Turks. We can talk about those who were raped. We can talk about those who were forcibly pushed out of their country, and we can have presidential acknowledgement of that, but then we cannot call it what it is. So this is, this is what a senator on the Foreign Relations Committee, a Democratic senator from the Northeast, said about then, uh, Sen uh, then Ambassador Yovanovitch and her appointment to Armenia as our ambassador. And so the Associated Press headlines at that time read, nominee refuses to call killings genocide. Hey, this is the same woman that is now saying that she is uh, a victim of the mean old Trump people and that she's intimidated by Trump and Giuliani. Intimidated? What did they do? Did they put a gun to her head? And now uh, Trump is being criticized because, because he has said mean things about women. He's called women fat and ugly and stupid. Now, we can't do that, guys. We can't say that about women. Now, women talk much worse about each other than that. But 
you know, if if you're trying to play to the to the crowd, you know, you put on the tears and boohoo and rub your eyes and say they're being mean and calling me names. And meanwhile, in the girls' locker room, they're calling each other slut and bitch and all these other things. And uh, uh, you know, the 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 cruelty among women and girls is really unbelievable. And I know I grew up with three sisters and I hear the way they talk about each other and about people they don't like. And I've been around women in in the workplace all my life, being a doctor, nurses, uh, largely women until recent years. Uh, Now we have a lot of female doctors. And one of the young doctors, female doctors, came to me and was complaining that she was upset about the politics at the hospital. And she was saying that, and all the women in her group, they're, they're all women, the hospitalist group that she's in, uh, some of them were bad-mouthing each other and uh, playing the politics. And, you know, I said, look, you're going to run into this anywhere. And especially when you're working with women, you should know by now that it's going to be even worse than working with men. I mean, the guys will generally take it through a committee. The women will just peck you to death. And, uh, and, and that's not to say that there's something evil or wrong. It's just the way women are. They're, they're more likely to vocalize what they're thinking and feeling. So at any rate, we've got Yovanovitch, who's now claiming to be bullied by the president. And by the way, here's what she said about being an appointee. On October 2nd, 2008, towards the end of George Bush's tenure, she was asked while she was U.S. ambassador to Armenia, what she would do if the newly elected president would change foreign policy, such as formally calling the Turkish Holocaust of Armenians a genocide, even though she refused to do so. And an ambassador, quote, this is her, an ambassador serves his president. By the way, she's a her, so it should be her president, but she's a little confused. And may be recalled any time for any reason. This is what the newly appointed U.S. ambassador to Armenia, Marie L. Yovanovitch, said in response to an Armifo question as to whether the the personal stand on the Armenian genocide will allow her further to work at the U.S. Department of State if the new leadership of the White House recognizes genocide. The decision, this is her talking now, the decision to recall an ambassador fully depends on the president. The American diplomats said, avoiding a direct answer to the question, to recall the former ambassador John Evans was recalled from Armenia in 2006 for his statements on recognition of the Armenian genocide. An ambassador serves his president and may be recalled at any time and for any reason. The decision to recall an ambassador fully depends on the president's, the words of Yovanovitch. Hey, she Doc? Said, yeah. Doc, we got somebody on the phone who wants to talk to you. We've got, um, um, we've got um, Picasso for calling in from uh, St. Pete. Would you like to say hello? Picasso, welcome to the show. What's up? My pleasure, Doctor. Uh, I'd be happy to uh, discuss any of the topics you're discussing uh, in depth, as you are uh, well qualified, uh, very informed, and uh, eloquent. But actually, I called for a little self promotion of my Trump project, which, by the way, you uh, are part of in a small way. But uh, speaking of the uh, now infamous uh, former ambassador, she was asked two questions. One was, uh, 
Do you have any information regarding the President of the United States accepting any bribes? Her answer was no. She was asked a second question. Do you have any information regarding any criminal activity of the President of the United States? And has he been involved with at all? And her answer was no. So <laughs> There's not anything here. I mean, it's a nothing burger. No. It's, a, it's a lot of starch and there's no protein. Well, yes, uh, absolutely. But the 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 card trick is quite interesting. You know, the uh, the magic trick they're trying to play is quite interesting, and it, it might well accomplish its goal. But uh, in the end, I don't think it's going to uh, work to their advantage. Oh no! But uh, you know, Trump. One of the interesting things that happened during that hearing to me is Trump's tweet. We. I run a website. You know, Trump has media, changed the media by going over it and using something called Twitter, which he did in the election. I mean, as you well know, right, everybody made fun of him, but it was his mode of media communication that got directly to over 60 million people at a time. Well, and, you know, uh, I, I got it. Let me, let me read you some of the stuff that she said early on in her testimony in her opening statement. She said, quote, although I understand, everyone understands that I served at the pleasure of the president. This is the person who had previously said, if the president says you got to go, you got to go. I was nevertheless incredulous that the U.S. government chose to remove an ambassador based, as far as I can tell, on unfounded and false claims by people with clearly questionable motives. And this is the person who said the president can remove an ambassador at his will for no reason. She also says, throughout that time, I, like my colleagues at the State Department, have always believed that we enjoyed a sacred trust with our government. Give me a break. I, I know well, she, multiple stories she, of, 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 of State Department people who were pedophiles and, and uh, no good nicks. And come on, give me a break. So she yeah, goes on well, to say, her, she got, let me finish this. She goes on to say that. That basic understanding no longer holds true, that there is a sacred trust between the the State Department and the people and the government. Today, we see the State Department attacked and hollowed out from within. State Department leadership with Congress needs to take action now to defend this great institution and its thousands of loyal and effective employees. We need to rebuild diplomacy as a first resort to advance America's interests. Trump's not doing that. And the front lines of American defense, I fear that we are not doing so will harm our nation's interests, perhaps irreparably. That harm will come not just through the inevitable and continuing resignation and loss of many of this nation's most loyal and talented public servants. It will also come when those diplomats who soldier on and do their best to represent our nation face partners abroad who question whether the ambassador really speaks for the president and can be counted on as a reliable partner. And this is the woman who said, I never said anything negative about Trump. I never spread any bad rumors about him. I mean, come on, what is this? This is an open, uh, wide, broad, publicly broadcasted, blasted, blared condemnation of the president of the United States. I mean, absolutely. he's the, he's the chief mean, officer of the of the State Department. Yeah, absolutely. Obama uh, replaced uh, in the 90 percentile of almost all the ambassadors he wanted to. And second of all, she wasn't fired. She's I don't know whether uh, you would take it, but I would take that salary for teaching one job at Georgetown, one one class a week. 
So, uh, I mean, maybe she has to appear three times for three hours, but she's teaching one class a week. She wasn't fired. She was moved. And yeah, she was moved. Anyway, yeah. I, I wrote an article. I saw you uh, two weeks ago at our little get-together on Thursday downtown uh, St. Pete, and my eyesight's going bad, you know, so I looked, and I, I didn't recognize you, and uh, you said hi, and I waved and gave you a ho back at you. You're on your way out, but uh, it sure was a fun event that yep. we went uh, to and attended. Uh, I did write a, an article about it. I don't know whether anyone might be interested, but it, you know, as it was a local event uh, on on our website here, that uh, our little project that we do with uh, Trump, all about Trump, that we have a one news basic topic, and that's Trump, and uh, we we take his tweets and uh, use that as our center of our news service. So his tweets are big, huge, uh, what I what we want to call widget. You don't have to have a Twitter account to come and read the president's tweets, but it's it's his media service. And uh, go ahead and give us give about, us that website. Give us your yeah, uh, website now, now. You know they say you got to say this seven times, but uh, people out there are going to say three words. You should be able to remember this: Trump, Twitter, Wall. dot com. So, uh, you Trump know, TrumpTwitterWall.com. Yeah, yeah, we've done something a little interesting. We we take his tweets and add videos. So we take what he puts out and then create articles with videos and proof and statements from you and podcasts from all the guys at the station. And, and we add all that together and we j- just, you know, his tweets are coming out anywhere from 10 to 15 a day. And he's such, I, I'll tell you one thing, the guy is an open book and he's one busy bee yes, and, and no matter what they say if somebody who looks at you and tells you this guy doesn't love his country you got to look at him and go i, I don't know who you're talking about <laughs> yep yep <laughs> I, I mean, right. he just promotes himself in the country so much but trump twitter wall and we got an article that we wrote about that uh event we wanted to get down to the other one but the, the, this impeachment i'm going to quit watching <laughs> yep. Well, let me get on to uh, Lutensko. This is the other guy that's involved in this. And uh, thanks for calling. And we'll look for that that website, TrumpTwitterWall.com. That's TrumpTwitterWall.com. And we love you, guy. And we appreciate you calling in and giving us that info. But I want to talk a little bit about Lutensko. Now, Lutensko was the former... Uh, chief uh, attorney general or prosecuting attorney for the Ukraine. And he uh, started out in politics in the Ukraine after the fall of the, of the Soviet Union. And uh, like many people who started out, he was a member of the Socialist Party or the Communist Party and then morphed into uh, more of a right winger over time. Now, he has been... Uh, castigated by the uh, anti-Lutensko group, and he was accused of and apparently convicted, and then it was, I think it was uh, forgiven or uh, expunged. He was convicted of bribery because he gave his driver uh, uh, an overpayment of less than $5,000, and he also was drunk in an airport in Germany, but those charges were also dropped. It was at the Frankfurt Airport in 2009, um, Ukrainians drunk? No, that couldn't be. At any rate, so the, the heinous crimes that he committed were basically trumped up 
not 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 to make uh, play on the president's name, but were 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 largely nonsense that went nowhere. And so he was removed as the uh, as the prosecuting attorney for the country because of falling on the wrong side of, of the politics of the day. And I guess he got into it with Yovanovitch uh, as well. And he made some statements about Yovanovitch that she says he later withdrew, although I can't find them. Uh, he uh, accused her of bad-mouthing the president and undermining uh, the president's agenda on foreign policy with the Ukraine. And other people are standing up and saying, well, I've heard the president say he doesn't give a damn about the Ukraine and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, you know, just just really silly stuff that I'm, uh, you know, in in the course of the day, uh, my my staff will say, Dr. Handelman, you got to get back there and see that patient in room four. He's been there for 30 minutes. And I'll say, well, I don't give a damn. And, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't care about the patient. It just means that I'm busy. I got something else in front of me. I got to take care of this first. And, uh, you know, you say things in the heat of the moment that have really no significance or no meaning, but that end up coming back to bite you if you are in a public position like the president. And also, uh, it's going to come back to bite Yovanovitch, what she's saying in her deposition. So we've already seen her trip over herself, and she's gotten into it with Ukrainians, and she says that her dismissal was very untimely because there's a new U- Ukrainian president and it's a very complex situation. I mean, how complex can this be? Uh, but uh, for her, I guess it is. And that she was, uh, the person who had all the knowledge and was the stabilizing factor and, and uh, on and on and on. And, and that it was untimely and it was unfortunate and it was wrong. And, uh, she's been unjustly, uh, removed from her position. Wait a minute. This is the same woman who's calling the president, uh, a disaster when it comes to foreign policy because he's gutting the, the state department. Oh, please, dear God, somebody gut the state department, get rid of the Clintons, get rid of the Obamas, get rid of the Bush appointees, get them all out. Let's get some fresh faces in there and some people who are actually interested in honestly, carrying out the duties of their office on behalf of the United States and not be on behalf of themselves or the Bidens or the Clintons or somebody else who is in a power position and who wants to gain by their uh, attachment and their allegiances to foreign powers and foreign, foreign business people. And Yovanovitch has said, well, she thinks that Giuliani is uh, intimidating her because some of his rich buddies are going to lose money if she's allowed to stay in that position and undermine their their uh, business dealings with the Ukraine. What? What? What is she talking about? I mean, I, nobody has ever accused Giuliani in any kind of legal proceedings of doing anything wrong in the Ukraine financially or otherwise. Now there. Are there are people who are saying that his two agents, and we don't know what the real uh, connection is there, whether he paid them to uh, do some undercover work as uh, uh, an attorney would do for their client or whether he was trying to bribe somebody or what. We don't know, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But so far, 
there's just absolutely nothing that Giuliani has done wrong. And I don't know what Yovanovitch is talking about. It just sounds like sour grapes and boo-hoo, poor me. And you know what? I think it's disgusting. I think it's just disgusting. If this is the best the Democrats can do, they got a real, real bad case here. And I'm going to go grab a cup of Joe. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Because I lied and I cheated and I lied a little more. But after I did it, I don't know what I did it for. I admit that I've been a little immature. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Iranian State TV says the country's supreme leader supports the government's plan to boost gasoline prices in that country by 50%. This has touched off some rioting, and Ayatollah Ali Khamenei is calling those setting fire to public property in response to the big gas price hike thugs backed by the enemies of Iran. Protesters in Hong Kong have begun retreating inside the Polytechnic University. The protesters held ground all today near an intersection just outside the campus as police fired tear gas and water cannons at them. Now they are pulling back inside the university, apparently to hold their ground. Five months of pro-democracy protesting in Hong Kong. And Republican Eddie Responi says he's disappointed at losing the Louisiana governor's race, but thankful for his family and supporters and vows to continue to work in the state. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384. 7-2-7-3-8-4-6-4-1-1. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? Are you receiving your share of the leads? If you're not effectively using digital media, you could be losing sales by the second. Even worse, your customers can be grabbed up one by one, never to return. Not sure if you're losing out to the competition? Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. Salem Surround is a full-service digital agency providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn more how we can help you place your advertising message in front of today's digital consumers. Salem Surround helps deliver customers by putting your business message in front of the right person at the right time. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com, connecting you with new customers. 
Attention millennials and Gen Z. Tired of being called kid when you pay your own bills? That participation trophy didn't do anything for your income, but this sure can. At National Aviation Academy, you can learn to work on and maintain aircraft in as little as 14 months. Call 800-659-2080 or visit wingmenwanted.com. Trash the trophy. Invest in actual certifications. Call 800-659-2080 or visit wingmenwanted.com. For more information on our statistics, visit naa.edu slash success. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. High grip current risk in effect until noon today. Today it will be cool with clouds giving way to sunshine, high 67. Patchy clouds for tonight, low 54. Tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 72. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. For Tuesday, a bit of sunshine and pleasant, high 70. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Cheryl Golden for AM860, The Answer. Apologize for what I did to you, cause what you did to me, I did to you. No, 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 baby. No, no, this is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. We're on 860 AM, the answer. I'm at 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600. Talking about uh, Yovanovitch, uh, the uh, ousted ambassador of the Ukraine, and her testimony before the House committee uh, trying to impeach the president. And her battles with Lutsenko, the uh, Ukrainian official who, according to CBS and NBC News, as is the man who had pushed for her removal. And uh, this had involved a couple of friends uh, of Giuliani, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, who were arrested a few weeks ago. Uh, of course, it's just association, it's guilt by association because I don't see anywhere that Giuliani directed these guys to do anything. And uh, this is all the ambassadors and the left wings claim that Lutsenko had uh, orchestrated this with these two guys to get rid of the ambassador because she was interfering with his investigation or his lack of investigation or whatever. So, you know, the plot thickens, the plot thickens. We got who we got on the line now. We have uh, Ian from uh, Clearwater calling in. Doc. Hey, Ian. How you doing, bud? Hey, Doc. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I got two quick points, and then I want to disagree with you slightly. Now, I'm a Trump supporter, so I'm coming at it from, for lack of a better term, your side. The first point is, in, 19, in 1993, the incoming Clinton administration fired every U.S. attorney. Nobody cried. In 2009, the incoming Obama administration fired every ambassador to a foreign country. Nobody cried. And my point, my disagreement with you is, you're going on about the ambassador of Ukraine, all this, they should have cleaned the house. This is a historical, I don't know what it is about Republicans that they don't, when the Democrats come in, they fire everybody down to civil service. You never hear a peep about it in the media because the media is their allies. But if you find it, you can find it if you look for it. I've been following politics since 1978, been involved in politics since 1978. And I've seen this recurrently. When Carter came in, he cleaned the house from Ford. When um, Clinton came in, they cleaned the house from Reagan and Bush, and so on, et cetera. The Republicans, half of the problem that Trump's bringing is, I think there was a certain amount of naivete on Trump's part that the bureaucracy was going to go along with him. 
Let's never forget, the Democrats own the bureaucracy. They own the day-to-day inner workings of the government because they have invested interest in bigger government. And for some reason, Reagan didn't do it, Bush didn't do it, Bush the junior didn't do it, and Trump certainly hasn't done. They refused to clean house down to civil service. So half of these problems could have been avoided if there had been a good house cleaning throughout the entire federal government in 2017. But alas, it was not to be done. So that's my point of disagreement about this. Uh, this is a direct result of Trump not cleaning house. This lady should have been fired as soon as he took office. Well, I think that you, you make a good point, and I said that early on, that uh, one of the mistakes Trump made was to uh, try to work with uh, the the civil servants and the uh, the government people that were there. Uh, part of the problem, too, though, is that if you get rid of everybody, then the bureaucracy may not run. But I, I think you're right. I think he should have. I said this early on. I said, don't don't even, you know, get rid of uh, uh, the the head of the FBI. Get rid of the the head of the CIA. Get rid of all these people. They're not your friends. Can them all immediately. Well, of course, the Democrats would uh, hold up the the uh, appointments in the hearings in the Senate of, of the, uh, secretarial level positions, uh, and, and the, the, uh, they also are involved in the lesser than secretarial, the undersecretaries and, and a number of other, uh, uh, uh positions all the way down the line and, and, and all of the departments at the executive branch overseas. And I agree with you. I think he should have fired them all right away. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, as far as the diplomats go, I mean, come on, how difficult can it be to to be a diplomat in the Ukraine? Oh, yeah, it's so complex because they're corrupt. Okay, they're corrupt, and that's uh, four-fifths of the world is corrupt. Most of the world is corrupt. That's the way it is. That's the way people do business outside of the children of England. And even in our own country, we have corruption, and that's what Trump's trying to do is to uncover this and to oust the people and, and out first, out them, and then oust them. And I think in the long run, he's going to do it. Uh, but he, I agree with you, he's not doing it at the speed that he should have. And, and, and I think you're, you're dead on about that. And if he had gotten rid of these people early on, he wouldn't be having these problems. If he, got, if he had just come in and before he even took office said, you know, all secretarial positions are, are you're gone. Everybody's gone. Out. All heads of major departments, including the FBI, the CIA, uh, you know, you're gone. State Department, uh, the the underlings under the, the Secretary of State, you're gone. Everybody's gone. Get out. Pack up your bags. We'll take care of it. And, you know, the big criticism of Reagan, as you recall, was that he did let go a lot of people. And the Democrats were saying, well, you won't be able to run the government. You won't be, you don't have an ambassador for here and there. And, and, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to have relationships with China and Russia. And what are you talking about? You can just put somebody temporarily in there. It's not like it's the end of the world. It's, it's not like they're, they're not going to do the job as well as somebody who's a full timer. I mean, you can get a better job out of temps a lot of times than you can out of your full-time employees. I know that personally because they behave because they know that they can be kicked out at any time and they want to please you. So I, I, I can't, I cannot disagree with you more. And I think that the best thing Trump could do if, and when he, and I think he will win the 2020 election 
is just go in and just clean house. I mean, just strip it down bare. Just do like Calvin Coolidge did with the FBI after the uh, uh, after the Warren Harding uh, Teapot Dome scandal and the uh, federal government's use, secretaries of departments' use of the FBI to further their own financial ends. Kick them all out. Anybody who has anything to do with any of this nonsense from the past should be gone. And whether they're innocent or guilty doesn't matter. Uh, and you can say, well, they've got a union. They're going to sue. Let them sue. Time up in court for decades. Let's get some new judges in there. The president's already appointed a lot of conservative judges. We want more. God bless Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but it's time for her to die. She is an old woman, and she's a whack job. And, of course, all the women love her because they think she's a wonderful jurist. And I've read articles by female lawyers who have nothing but praise for her. And because of her decisions, which are, you know, liberal, uh, but uh, founded on some case law. And she apparently is a scholar, Jewish side of the family, smart girl, no doubt. But come on, it's time to move on. Let's 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 get back to uh, our more basic roots. I got to tell you, one of the doctors in the lunchroom, he said, oh, the Constitution, that's an old document written 250 years ago. He's never even read it. He has never read it. If you read the Constitution of the United States, you'll be amazed at how prescient and how uh, timely and how much it, it, it applies to today as well. Because all of the debates that were being had at the Constitutional Convention and at the inception of the, of the Republic in the 1780s and 90s were all the debates, all the debates we're having now. Who should vote? Civil rights, taxation, foreign policy. Should we have a big or small military? I mean, these were all the debates. Uh, do the states have rights? You remember, the little states wouldn't come in without, without the Senate and without the Electoral College. They said, we're not going to join the union because we'll, we'll just be swamped. And now we have the same debate going on. Why do we have two senators from each state when each state is not equal in, in uh, population? Why isn't it based on, uh, on, on the population and popular vote? Well, because that's the only way states would come into the union. We're a collection of states. So it goes on and on and on. And we have nothing but, uh, uh, I'm not saying that every Democrat in the House or the Senate is a liar, but I will say that it looks to me like it's very conspiratorial uh, and that even if there are some Democrats who disagree with the, the direction the party's going with Nancy Pelosi and Schiff and Nadler and, and all the other Judeo-Catholic members of the family who are doing their best to bring down this president, uh, they're not going to say anything because they're scared to death. Uh, they're scared that if they say the wrong thing, they'll be ostracized by their colleagues. And if they say the right thing, what are, their colleagues want to hear, then they won't be reelected because their districts are conservative. So we've, we've got a, a real problem there and that these guys are hamstrung, uh, the Democrats who are in disagreement with what's going on and the way the president's being treated and the way that the policy is being uh, gutted or attempting to be gutted, and uh, all the great things that the president's done are being denied. How can this Yovanovitch woman 
say she never badmouthed the president, and then say the things that she said in her opening statement last week before the House committee under oath, basically saying that the president and his people are gutting the State Department and that they're doing the wrong thing and it's terrible and it's the wrong policy. And I mean, I, I mean, how can you defend yourself and say, no, I never said anything negative about the president and his policy when I was the Ukrainian ambassador and then come out in public before the whole nation under oath and say, yeah, he's a bad guy and I don't like him. And he undermined all the policy that I liked and uh, he's gutting the department and he's firing all the good people like me. And he's calling me names because I'm a woman and he's a woman hater. Oh, by the way, we've got an article. Let me see if I can find that. You're going to like this. It's, uh, uh, it's an article by, let me see if I can get to that. Where is that? It's an article by a female reporter and she, uh, is purporting that the, uh, president is a woman hater and a misogynist and uh, she's written this article see if i can get down to it her name is molly jong fast molly m-o-l-l-y j-o-n-g hyphen fast hyphenated last name you know you know she's not going to be a conservative for the most part and so she's a contributor to uh, uh, magazines like The Daily Beast, the, the Bulwark, Playboy, and Glamour. And she's the author of three novels. And she wrote this article talking about the president and his hate of women. And that he has attacked women viciously. And she says Trump tends to get particularly stuck on women he feels threatened by. How can he be threatened by Yovanovitch? I mean, she's she's an underling. She's a, a she's an ambassador to basically a minor country. He once tweeted and then deleted this rhetorical question about Hillary Clinton. "Quote: If Hillary Clinton can't satisfy her husband, what makes her think she can satisfy America?" Oh my God! I think we should all stop and cry. That's terrible. How can you say such a thing about Hillary Clinton? And here's a very incomplete list of women Trump has disparaged. Mika Brzezinski, low IQ, crazy Mika. Rosie O'Donnell, disgusting, both inside and out. Elizabeth Warren, goofy, Pocahontas. And Katie Turr, a third-rate journalist. Well, you know what? I'm not sure I disagree with any of that. Now, would I say that to Elizabeth Warren, that she's goofy? I'm sure if I met her in person, I would be cordial. Uh, you know, I'm a doctor and I'm supposed to accept people, all people and all of their different beliefs and lifestyles and, and take care and, and offer aid and succor to whoever needs it. And often Trump in, intimates that his female opponents are stupid. Well, he says the same thing about Joe Biden. Is that untrue? I don't think so. I think that when a man attacks a woman in public in the in the political arena she is no different than than a man in the political arena i mean come on ladies if you're going to step out into the public limelight you better be able to take the heat that comes with it and i guarantee you there's hardly anybody in this country 
that could have and would have taken the heat that the president has taken over the past three years uh, since before he became president. The the uh, the, the vicious and unfounded uh, lies about the man and the attack on his presidency and the legitimacy of it and the impeachment hearings and all of this has been long and drawn out and has been constant, relentless. It's been uh, carried by the mainstream media who hate him as well. And they all now are starting to admit, yeah, there really is a, there really is a, a deep state. Yeah, we know that. We're not dumb. Uh, but uh, as my father said, well, you, you know, you just you got to give the mafia their their shekel, their 10 percent. Uh, well, that's fine if it's just 10 percent. But when they want 30, 40, 50, 80, 90 or 100 percent, then then I'm going to I'm going to uh, a protest. Now, if you want 10 percent to run a, a, a protection racket and keep the FBI and the CIA out of my house and off my back, I'm happy to pay 10 percent tax. I'll go to 20. I'll go to 20%. I think that's a fair price to pay. I think we paid 25 to 30% last year. And, and I'm not complaining. It's certainly less than I paid five years ago uh, after Trump got in and changed the laws. But come on. Come on. What are you doing for me? Well, finally, we have a president who's doing something for us. He has made it so that our taxes are lower. Our economy is booming. The states are more equal economically than they than they have been in in a um, hundred years with the tax laws and the little the little noted tax law that changed the uh, deductions you can take on your your state income tax and your property taxes and all of a sudden all those people up in the Northeast and out in San Francisco and and uh, Northern California who are paying high property taxes can't deduct it. So guess what? We're no longer subsidizing them. And now, guess what? They all want to move to Florida <laughs> because there's no state income tax and property taxes are a lot lower because they can't write it off. So this president has done more to equalize you and me and the rest of the country and make us equal economically, uh, politically, socially, and guess who doesn't like it? The Yovanoviches don't like it. The Clintons don't like it. The Bidens don't like it. They don't like being outed. They don't like being called out and, and shown for what they are. Liars, scumbags, and uh, extortionists. And, you know, the, 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 the whole Ukrainian situation is the creation of the Democrats and nobody else. And they are scared to death. They are scared to death. And so here we have this this wonderful, knowledgeable, uh, even-handed, fair, Molly Jong fast calling the president intimidated by uh, women and intimidating and bullying of women. And he wants to silence all uppity women. Well, first of all, you ain't going to silence women, period. So... He knows that. He's not dumb. I don't think he's trying to silence anybody. I think he's taunting them so they'll talk more. And if this woman who's writing this for the Atlantic isn't smart enough to see that, and she's biting at this bait that the president's throwing out there, well, you know what? She's as dumb as the rest of them. I mean, he throws it out there, and they, they, they're on it like, like barracuda on raw meat. I mean, give me a break. Come on. This is ridiculous. 
any rate, I'm really happy that I had this opportunity to talk to you guys about this and to discuss Yovanovitch and her her uh, testimony. And I think that we've we've got to we've got to really hold her to to her words and out her for what she is a liar. And I won't say any more about it. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I'll leave you with a little bit of music, and I'm out of here, Ken. Love you guys. Five.